If you're contemplating a divorce today, Pastor John Randall has some encouragement to share with you. God wants to work in your marriage. Don't call it quits. Don't give up. Don't throw in the towel. God wants to do a work in your marriage. And if you are willing to humble yourself, to repent, to get right with God and to work on it and and work through those things that are difficult, it's worth it. I'm not saying it's easy, but I'm saying it's worth it. And Jesus said, don't. Don't break it up. This is God's intention. From this, You say, well, I've had it. I've tried. And I did this. And I did that. Don't give up. Thanks for joining us today for A Daily Walk with Pastor John Randall. Divorce in America is occurring at an alarming rate. Sad to say, the divorce rate among Christians isn't any better. If you are going through marital difficulty, please stay tuned for A Daily Walk. Pastor John has some encouragement for you today. We'll consider what the Bible has to say about divorce on today's program. And it's far different than what we're hearing in our world. Our scripture reference is Luke chapter 16. In Luke chapter 16, beginning in verse 18, Jesus says, Whoever divorces his wife and marries another commits adultery. And whoever marries her who is divorced from her husband commits adultery. Jesus had been addressing his disciples about being good stewards of what they had been entrusted with. Furthermore, he was encouraging them to take advantage of the opportunities that they had in order to prepare for eternity. He spoke to them about being faithful financially and that they were to seek true riches that are eternal rather than worldly riches which are temporal but in the midst of this discourse jesus was confronted by the religious leaders and they began to deride him and the reason is because they were lovers of money they were convicted by the things that jesus had preached and so in response to their criticism jesus said that they were those who justified themselves in the sight of man But God knew their heart. They looked great on the outside. They were doing the things that men held in high esteem and even applauded. But Jesus said, many of the things that men hold in high esteem are an abomination in the sight of God. The scribes, the Pharisees, they had found ways around keeping the law. And really the true meaning of the law of God. And one of those areas that they had shamefully violated and were permitting and even practicing was in the area of divorce based upon unjustifiable grounds. And so Jesus speaks about this subject here in chapter 16. Now let me preface by saying there is a benefit to going through the word of God in the way that we do in its entirety because you have to cover the Bible completely. You cannot simply skip over that which you would like to avoid, but you have to deal with it scripturally. And thus last week we talked about money. Today, divorce. Next week, hell. I mean, these are just... just, (laughs) Could you imagine inviting your friends? Hopefully you will. You have got to come to church next week. (laughs) But this is certainly a topic 
that must be addressed as we go through the word of God because it has direct impact upon our culture, upon our society, and moreover, it has an impact in the church today. With so many statistics in the world that continue to skyrocket as it relates to divorce, the sad thing is now those statistics parallel those within the church. People are calling it quits. People are giving up. They're moving on. Or within their marriage, they are only surviving, but not thriving. They are wilting where God desires the marital relationship to be flourishing. In Jesus's day, there were, this particular subject of divorce was highly contested and it was regularly debated. There were varying opinions along this subject. For example, the rabbis of Jesus' day had their opinion. One rabbinic opinion stated that a bad wife is like leprosy to her husband. What is the remedy? Let him divorce her and be cured of his leprosy. Another popular saying, if a man has a bad wife, it is his religious obligation to divorce her. This was the opinion circulating during Jesus' day. But not only did the rabbis have their opinion, but there are many in this world that have an opinion on this subject as well. I read a recent article that stated this, quote, there no longer seems to be much of a stigma attached to divorce. It is now seen as an unavoidable rite of passage. The interviewer went on to say that they had interviewed young adults and they suggest that they want their initial marriage to last, but they're not particularly optimistic about that possibility. There is also evidence that many young people are moving toward and embracing the idea of what is called serial marriage, in which a person gets married two or perhaps three times, seeking a different partner for each phase of their adult life. The church also has an opinion on this particular subject, and it varies depending on who you speak with. There are some places in the church that say there is no divorce and no remarriage. Others state that there is no divorce, but some remarriage. Still others suggest some divorce, no remarriage. And others would say some divorce and some remarriage. With so many differing opinions on the subject, we want to go to the word of God to understand what he says about this subject. And the first thing that we know, and that I will point out to you, what God says on this subject is found in Malachi chapter 2, and the Lord tells us how he feels about it. Malachi chapter 2, verse 16. Listen to the word of the Lord. For the Lord, the God of Israel, declares that he hates divorce, for it covers one's Garments with violence, says the Lord of hosts. Therefore, take heed that you do not deal treacherously. What does God say about the subject? God says, I hate it. I hate it. It's not his best. It is not his initial design for a couple. The Lord hates divorce and what it does to the people who are involved with it. 
how it unravels a person emotionally, mentally, even physically. The Lord hates what it does to families, what it does to children that come from a broken home. Statistics have been readily reported that children that come from broken homes are 32 times more likely to run away, that they are 20 times more likely to have behavioral disorders, nine times more likely to drop out of school, 10 times more likely to abuse chemical substances, nine times more likely to end up in a state-operated institution, and 20 times more likely to end up in prison. Many people suffer because of this tragedy. Not just children. Crime, unemployment, racism, hatred, academic failure, transmission of sexual disease, mental illness, all of these have soared where divorce has been prevalent. And again, the most tragic thing is that many of these statistics have not only been seen in the world, but now they have moved into the church and divorce has become a commonplace as well. In fact, one person put it this way. They said, quote, no generation reaching the age to marry has ever brought with it so much baggage related to the family breakdown. In the United States, more than one million children each year experience the breakup of their families. What does Jesus say about the subject? Here in Luke's gospel, he makes a statement. But in order to see what Jesus says about this subject, even in greater detail, we must go back to Matthew chapter 19, if you would, and cross-reference there, just a few pages back, Matthew chapter 19 in your Bible, and I want you to see this for yourself, beginning in verse 1 of Matthew 19. Please follow along. Now it came to pass when Jesus had finished these sayings, that he departed from Galilee, and he came to the region of Judea beyond the Jordan. Great multitudes followed him, and he healed them there. Now the Pharisees also came to him, testing him, saying to him, Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for just any reason? And he answered, and he said to them, Have you not read that he who made them at the beginning made them male and female? And he said, for this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So then they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no man separate. Then they said to him, why then did Moses give a command to give her a certificate of divorce and to put her away? And he said to them, Moses, because of the hardness of your hearts, permitted you to divorce your wives, but from the beginning it was not so. Now you have to understand that this particular subject was extremely controversial in Jesus' day. There were two sides to this issue of divorce, and the Pharisees knew this, and they were trying to force Jesus to one side of the argument that would make him look bad in the eyes of those who held to the opposite opinion of what he would state. 
Now, the controversy stemmed from a verse that God wrote and gave to Moses in Deuteronomy chapter 24, verse 1. And here is the verse, and here is how the debate came about. Deuteronomy 24, verse 1 says, When a man takes a wife and he marries her, and it happens that she finds no favor in his eyes because he has found some, this is the word, uncleanness within her. Then he can write her a bill of divorcement, put it in her hand, send her out of his house. The debate was over, what does the word uncleanness mean? What constitutes uncleanness and a bill of divorcement? One particular rabbi was rather strict and conservative, Rabbi Shammai. He was very hard line. He taught that divorce was never permissible except in the case of infidelity. And then there was a liberal interpretation by a man named Rabbi Hillel who had died only 20 years before Jesus began his ministry. And he stated that uncleanness could be a number of things. It could be that she did not cook the way that you liked and you could write her a bill of divorcement. That was the worst meal I have ever had. (laughs) Take this and get out of here. Or... If you found someone more attractive than your wife, you know what? When I look at you, you're unclean compared to her. And you could write her bill of divorcement and she would leave. Thus, the the more liberal view became more readily accepted by many. And thus, the dowry became quite popular because it was money that the woman had just in case this thing didn't go well and she was found unclean. She could go home and have something to live off in her parents' house. It's interesting, when Jesus was asked this question, he did not answer it immediately. In fact, he went back beyond rabbinic tradition. He even went back further than the law of Moses, and he went back to the very beginning, the very beginning of man's existence where we find God's stated intention for one man, one woman, for life. That was God's desire from the beginning and jesus said it in this way he said haven't you read and by saying that to pharisees that was an insult these men spent their lives studying the scriptures but jesus said apparently you've overlooked something extremely important let's go back beyond deuteronomy 24 and let's go to genesis chapter 3 and let's see what god had to say there genesis chapter 2 and when god created man and woman and brought them together god's intention listen folks from the very beginning one man one woman for life that was god's heart That was what he desired. That was his design from the beginning. And it says here, as Jesus said, that man was to leave his father and mother and to be joined. It means literally to be glued together, inseparable, not able to separate. They two become one in a real sense. And notice also that it says what God has joined together. That is God's desire. Has God brought you together? Has God joined you together? Then if it's a work of God, then you should not depart. You should stay married. Now, it would seem that the Pharisees assumed that Jesus was going to respond with this reaction. They anticipated his response, and so they had a follow-up question. And the follow-up question would seek to ensnare him. And so what's the follow-up question? They said, well, then, why did Moses, and notice the words, command? Why did Moses command to give a bill of divorcement? We've got him now, they thought. First of all, understand, Moses did not give a command. It wasn't a command. It was something that was permissible, something that was allowed, but not commanded by God. And then Jesus tells us why it was that Moses gave this 
permission. Jesus said it was because of the hardness of your hearts that God allowed or permitted you to divorce your wives, but from the beginning, it was not so. The reason for the allowance of the certificate of divorce was because of the hardness of heart. And what is the hardness of heart? It's sin. That's what it is. Why does a marriage ultimately break down? Why does it ultimately follow, fall apart? Because of sin. That, that's that you can nail it all down. Well, it was her, it was him. Really, at some point you come down, it's either the sin of both or the sin of one, but it's sin. It's departing from God's original intention and your heart becomes hard and that's what causes marriages to end. Ultimately, you can wrap up all the counseling you want and everything you want. comes down to one thing right here and it's sin. Sin is what breaks the home apart. And that's what it is. People don't want to call it that. They want to excuse it. They want to say it's, it, it's something else. But really, Jesus said, and he's the authority, it's the hardness of heart, it's sin. That's what causes a family to fall apart. That's why marriages will end And then Jesus now becoming the authority here in Matthew, as well as in Luke, as the authority, he says, and I say to you, whoever divorces his wife except for sexual immorality and marries commits adultery, and whoever marries her who is divorced commits adultery. Now listen carefully to the context in which Jesus states these words. Who he's speaking to, the mentality that they had, the thinking that was prevalent at that time. They thought they were advocates of easy divorce. They took the liberal interpretation. And so Jesus is in in responding to them says this, if you think that you can just write her a bill of divorcement because you don't like the way she cooks or you found somebody else or you need to find yourself or you need to get out of this thing so you can, this person is stifling your potential. And I have fallen out of love with you. And you're not who I thought you were. And you know what? I don't like you anymore. And you know what? I, and, and, this, and you're just going to walk away and see you later. I'm, go, I'm hitting the road. I'm finding somebody else. If you think that God's going to be accepting of that kind of behavior, listen, you, you leave that person and you go find somebody else. You're committing adultery. And then they're also committing adultery who is hooking up with you. That's what Jesus said. That was his words. And many people have use that. Jesus did make here one stipulation. He said, in the case of infidelity, it is permitted. The one who has been sinned against has the option given to them to divorce. But having said that, let me say this as well. There are those cases where the damage has been done And yet I have seen, I have observed the Lord repair something that appeared irreparable. Someone has been unfaithful. Someone has sinned against another. And you look at it and you think, how can this ever come back together? And you know, God never ceases to amaze me. He is all powerful. He is able to restore even the things that have fallen apart. But I want to tell you, and something I've observed over the last two decades of serving Jesus, the only way that 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 which has been broken can actually be repaired, there are two elements at least that I have found that are a must for this to work. Number one, the person who has been offended must be willing and open to reconciliation. That is number one. The second thing that is equally important is the person who has offended the other person must be walking in genuine and sincere repentance before God. If you don't have those two things, it won't happen. 
And here's the thing. If you got somebody who says, well, I'm sorry that you found out. All right, I'll come home. Not genuine repentance. Someone that says, well, you know what? I'll come home if you, and you know what? I'm tired of, you know, we, here's the thing. Not genuine repentance. Where there is an openness to reconciliation and genuine repentance, God can work with that. But if you don't have that, and this kind of a thing has gone on, and there's been infidelity and and unfaithfulness, then it's very difficult to patch those things up, to somehow bring the two that have separated back and to make them one once again. The problem within the church is we have removed ourselves from what God says in his word, and we have really gravitated toward what man says in his opinion what the world has shown us on the screen, what, what the tabloids say, and, and all of a sudden we just get desensitized to this whole thing and how serious it really is. I won't ask you to raise your hands, but you know who you are. Those of you who are here this morning, who have either grown up in a broken home or you have gone through that in your own life, you know the pain that comes with that. You could go on You could live and and you could go on in your relationship. You could grow up as an adult and it still has an effect on you in some way. Even affects other generations. Thankfully, God is able to restore and to reconcile and to do marvelous things. But here, Jesus makes allowance for it. Again, understand it was not God's intention. It is not God's best. It's not ultimately what God desires. The Apostle Paul also comments on this subject in the scriptures. If you would now turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 7. This is called cross-referencing in your Bible. In 1 Corinthians chapter 7, Paul is writing to two groups of people. It would appear that he is writing to married believers as well as to a believer who is married to a non-believer. There were certain things that they had wrote to Paul ask questions about, and he is writing in response to those questions. And some of those questions, Jesus did not directly address in his ministry, and so Paul is forced to now comment with apostolic authority upon the subject matter. And so look at verse 10. Now to the married, I command, yet not I, but the Lord. Paul here now is reiterating the words of Jesus. A wife is not to depart from her husband. Even if she does depart, let her remain unmarried or be reconciled to her husband and a husband is not to divorce his wife. First of all, Paul is stating exactly what Jesus said. It's God's desire, it's God's intention that men and women would stay together, that they would stay married. If you're in a rough patch in your marriage today, if you're having a hard time, if you're going through something difficult, God wants to work in your marriage. Don't call it quits. Don't give up. Don't throw in the towel. God wants to do a work in your marriage. And if you are willing to humble yourself, to repent, to get right with God and to work on it and and work through those things that are difficult, it's worth it. I'm not saying it's easy, but I'm saying it's worth it. And Jesus said, don't, don't break it up. This is God's intention from this. You say, well, I've had it. I've tried and I did this and I did that. Don't give up. You've been listening to A Daily Walk with our pastor and teacher, John Randall. We're going through the Gospel of Luke right now. To get the CD that contains today's message for a cost of $5, go online to adailywalk.org or call us at 877-242-0828. That toll-free number once again, 877-242-0828. 
888-888-0828. We also house our recent programs at adailywalk.org, and you'll find them on our mobile app as well. Do a search for Calvary South OC and download it for free today. Hi, this is Michelle Randall with some exciting news about my new 366-day devotional, A Daily Walk for Women. You know, it's my prayer that these words from my personal devotional life will encourage you in this season that you're in and throughout the year. It's my hope that this devotional will really prime the pump and get you moving in the right direction each morning and be sort of like a pep talk from your personal cheerleader. I pray that you enjoy this labor of love as you look to Jesus each day. Request a daily walk for women for the special price of $15 when you call 877-242-0828 or go online to adailywalk.org. Please remember, it's your generosity that helps us remain a biblical voice on stations like this one all across the nation. With your help, we're delivering God's good news at a critical time in human history. No gift is too small to be used by God in great ways. Again, our number is 877 877- 2420828 or you can donate online at adailywalk.org. You know, we're reminded on a continual basis that the Lord is doing great things through the radio and the internet today. And maybe he's doing something amazing in your life. We want to hear about that. Pastor John would be very encouraged by what you have to say. Write to us today by email at adailywalk@gmail.com. That's adailywalk at gmail.com. Come on back next time when Pastor John Randall will share another study in the Gospel of Luke to help us in our daily walk. This program is brought to you by Calvary South OC and made possible through your generosity.